Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, happy new year. Uh, Welcome back to the Overnight Trainer Podcast and the first episode back after the new year. I cannot believe it's 2023. And y'all, I am so, so, so excited for this year, not just for myself personally, professionally, I'm getting married in a couple of months, uh, but also for my clients. If the last two weeks of the year of 2022 is any indication of what 2023 is going to bring, holy macaroni, it's blowing up. Uh, I have at least five, six clients right now who are in the final stages of interviews waiting to hear back next week. Um, I have had several clients start their new roles last week, get their, land their new roles last week, and we're talking about holiday season, right? So the fact that all of that momentum has been happening in the end of the year, I cannot wait to see what is going to happen in 2023. Um, I do want to congratulate my client, Sarah, who started her new role last week. I'm so, so proud of you. And what's even more special and sweet about this is that Sarah is working with and was hired by one of my previous clients, one of my first clients ever too. So it's been absolutely beautiful to see my clients over the last couple of years now who are transitioning into learning and development now moving into these higher level, these managerial roles and hiring some of my other clients. So it's been really, really special. I'm so excited. This one, this one is just super, super sweet. And I cannot wait for all the magic that you're going to make, Sarah. Um, And a couple of really fun things are coming up soon too. So I'm going to be hosting a masterclass called Blueprint, and it's going to be all around how do we really, really get crystal clear on creating the action items that you need to reach your career goals in 2023. So if you were a part of the three-day series that I did earlier in, um, in December, or mid-December, um, that was really the introduction to getting getting up to speed on really how to create the action plan. Um, but in this masterclass, we're going to be putting it all together. So you're going to be leaving with a blueprint everywhere from understanding what your niche is and working towards that to what your personal development plan looks like, uh, how do you upskill, what does your networking plan look like. We are going to get crystal clear on all of that uh, within this one masterclass. So date is to be determined on that. So keep an eye out. I'll probably announce that in this Friday's newsletter. Uh, If you're not signed up for that, please make sure to do that. It's on my website. And uh, my birthday is coming up. It's on the 19th of this month. So we're definitely going to do some fun stuff around my birthday. I don't know what it is yet, but keep an eye out for that. And then, of course, if you are looking to land your dream role and you want to do it in the next 90 days, come join us in Fast Track. Fast Trackers have been just 
insane the amount of success they've been having inside that program. Uh, and I say success in lots of different ways, but really the growth that's happened in there, the milestones that they've been able to achieve, the moments that we've been celebrating, uh, the interviews that they've been landing, the networking they've been doing, the upskilling that they've been doing. It's been really incredible to watch. And if you are ready to land your dream role in the next 90 days, come and join us inside there. There are three different tracks that you can take depending on the time frame that you're in. Uh, it's not just a one size fits all program. We really figure out a way to help tailor that to your specific time frame. And then there's also three different tiers that you, uh, depending on the level of support that you're looking for, uh, all the way from being able to have access to a live Q&A every month to one-on-one -on -one time with me. So depending on the type of support that you're looking for, uh, that program now exists in several different tiers. So making it um, as accessible as possible for you all. So again, come join us inside of Fast Track. If you go to the overnighttrainer.com slash programs, you can get all the information for that. And if you have any questions about like which tier is right for you and you know how you're supposed to, you know, which one, how to navigate everything, please, please, please feel free to DM me on LinkedIn um, or on Instagram. I'd be more than happy to walk you through uh, which tier would be right for you. All right, so on to today's episode, which is all around elevating emerging leaders. And we have one of my really great friends on. Her name is Lindsay Lee Hobson. We met because she invited me to speak uh, on at a panel um, at a conference in the metaverse. And it was my first time experiencing the metaverse. So uh, Lindsay was there to walk me through that experience, which I absolutely loved. And she has such a wonderful spirit. You guys are going to absolutely love her if you don't know her already. Uh, but she is an active team member across multiple industries. Lindsay's an award-winning award speaker. She's a life coach. And she's also the founder of the Learning and Development Collective. Collective, which is an incredible network of people, of L&D professionals from some of the biggest corporations. So Deloitte, BDO, ANZ. She's based in Australia, but she works with people all around the world. Lindsay is a current manager, an emerging leader. Uh, she has that current experience. And so what she really focuses on is elevating forward-thinking organizations and their emerging leaders to create the ultimate next generation of leadership. So I know all of you, I know, well, I know you, I don't know all of you, but I like feel like I know you all. <laughs> I know depending on where you are, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, you are already in, you're looking for your next role, or you're looking to grow you know, into those higher level roles, this is going to be the episode for you because we're going to talk all around that emerging piece, right? That emerging leader at every different level. So you don't have to be a leader uh, to, to be an emerging leader. And it's okay if you already are a leader, right? To emerge into that next role. So I know you're absolutely going to love, love, love this interview. And without further ado, I introduce you to my great friend, Lindsay Lee Hobson. Welcome, Lindsay, to the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Yay, so happy to be here. Very exciting, especially with some of the work we've done together. It's really nice to be joining you today. I know, I know. I was just talking to my clients last night about like relationships and I was like, I've met like some of my like greatest friends from LinkedIn. Like, I'm like, because you're talking about just networking in general, which we're probably going to talk a lot about today as well and creating a community. Uh, so spoiler alert, but I was talking about how like how relationships are formed and how, you know, 
they were like, oh, how, how, what are different ways that I can network or build these relationships? And I was thinking about you, my friends, Heidi, like so many people who it's just like this organic relationship that came from connecting on LinkedIn is having conversations in the DMs to hopping on Zoom to working together to doing all these great things. So uh, I'm so happy you're here and that we get to talk all about you today. I'm really, I'm sure everyone listening is like, I'm tired of hearing Sarah talk all the time. Let's, 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 <laughs> let's, let's let the professional know. <laughs> <Come in. laughs> but I, I'm so pumped to talk to you today because we're, we're going to talk about all things like emerging leaders and learning and development. But before we do that, I really want to talk about you and your journey, because that plays a really big part of what, you know, when it comes to what's led you to where you are today, right? Like you're an active team manager across multiple industries. You're an award-winning speaker. You're a life coach. You're the founder of the L&D Collective, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. So besides wanting to know where you find time to do all of these things, <laughs> I'd love for you to walk us through your career journey and how you ended up where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. When you put all those things together, I was like, wow, that sounds all right, doesn't it? Um, so I think for me, it's the same as for everybody, I suppose. It started in my personal life. So in high school, I had really bad anxiety. So we're talking daily panic attacks. I don't think I made it through a single day without being in tears in the school counselor's office. And I was that that person in high school, if you think of the stereotypes. And it was through my determination and journey of living in quotation marks, a normal life, like everybody else I could see around me, no one else was like this, or very few people were like this. So if, if they can do it, I can do it. And it was through that determination to um, conquer that anxiety, not that I knew what it was in high school. I qualified as a life coach and that was at 20 years old. So I started my first business wow. the day after I qualified. And um, they told you at coaching school, you get business cards and you go to a networking event. So that day I was like, hi, I'm Lindsay. I'm a life coach. And I'm 20. And people are like, what do you know about life? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Couldn't answer at the time, but after a while you realize that it, it's not about what you know about life. It's about coaching the gold is in front of the people in front of you. So by the time I started to work that, I still didn't have any money. So I went to get a job uh, <laughs> and I worked um, in marketing and sales for a really long time, but I never gave up the dream of having my own business. I worked for different corps and I still wasn't building a life that made me happy. And I was looking in the mirror every day and being like, who are you and why are you here? And what happened to fun Lindsay that used to do what she wanted when she wanted? Typical Aries style. Um, and so I did eventually start my second business and it went through a few evolutions. It was coaching young adults. Um, so coach who you know, I was still a young adult. I was still in my 20s. Uh, coaching, you know, and I got some amazing results through that and it evolved to uh, speaking, which is what I always wanted to do. Just didn't know how to make all the pieces come together. Got some incredible mentors and um, made some really incredible um I met some really incredible people in the industry and from there it just evolved into emerging leaders and that naturally evolved into learning development collective as well so it's just been a natural evolution it seems to be the word I love it and it's like it's the evolution then it's thinking like what's next in the evolution too I'm like I'm so excited I'm like who knows like we don't know no one knows what that you know will eventually evolve into but uh, that's all part of the mystery of the evolution but that's, that's incredible and I want to start off talking about emerging leaders. We have lots of things to talk about because you are so multifaceted and you 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 do so many incredible things and I want to touch on all of them. But let's start with emerging leaders, which is something you talk a lot about and you work with a lot of organizations and people and you speak about that topic. First things first, let's start with basics for those who are new to that term emerging leaders. Can how do, how do you define an emerging leader? 
Yeah, those who are graduating through to first-time managers, they can also be um, self-nominated or nominated by the business for an emerging leader program, but really it's those who are just getting started in their career in one way, shape, or form. Okay, awesome. Easy enough. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> so <enough>. where, <laughs> where do you see the biggest gap between corporate management and emerging leaders? And then, you know, what can organizations do, and specifically learning and development, to bridge that gap? So I'm an emerging leader myself. I'm in that demographic very much age-wise. So I really get it. And I'm also a manager, so I really get that side of it too. And what got managers to where we are and businesses to where we are is not what's going to get us to where we want to be. And that's what we really need to tap into with our emerging leaders. We definitely teach them uh, what we think they need to know about being in our business. And often it's, you know, these are the soft skills and this is, you know, how you negotiate and have difficult conversations and critical communication and but we don't necessarily teach them about what happens when things don't go the way you want them to go. And what happens when you don't have the answer and you need the answer? Because a lot of emerging leaders have, you know, the old Google food. They can jump on Google and get any answers they need, but they don't have the life experience to be able to say, oh, that's the one that's really going to work. And that's where management and emerging leaders and businesses and emerging leaders, I really believe, can come together much better to be able to bridge that gap. Yeah. And what do you think when you think about learning and development, where do what do you think their role is when it comes to developing emerging leaders? Yeah, I love learning and development. I really feel like um, when I started the Learning and Development Collective, I found my people. They're so amazing. They're all like you, they're bubbly and driven. So um they've got the passion, they've got the drive. It's just that understanding that there's more to teach them than just what the business says that needs to be taught. And I think learning and development individuals, they get that. Like they, they do get that in that soul, in their soul. And it's really hard to um, be in a position where the business tells you one thing and you want to do another thing. But finding different and innovative ways to bring those skills in a way that is what the business wants you to do, uh, but also is in a way that you know is going to serve the business long term beyond what they're currently thinking about and the emerging leaders in any way, shape or form, whether they stay with you in your business long term or whether they do decide to go elsewhere because they don't stick around in businesses like other generations do. Yeah, I think that's just an important part to think about too. And remember, and I always like like to encourage especially my executive coaching clients too on this of we're not just developing people for that this particular organization. Yes, that's part of your job, but it's also how do we develop them to be really great leaders in life and no matter where they go and that they remember, Hey, I learned these skills and I gained these skills at this, at this organization. Right. And that's, that's what your, your legacy is, right. It's, it's not just preparing them for this particular role, but it's preparing them for their career. And that's such a, for me, that was always a piece of learning and development, but that was my why. That's why I loved it so much was that knowing that I had a piece a small piece, but a, 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 a mighty piece, right, uh, in regards to helping shape someone's career, whether they stayed at my company for the rest of their lives or whether they left in a week that I know knew that I had a hand in doing that. And so I love that having that mindset from an L&D perspective, when we think about emerging leaders, remembering it's not just about the here and now, but it's about that that overall growth for them. 100% and they're people too I think that's the thing that I really love about learning and development professionals they are in a people game and they're trying to bridge the gap between businesses who are in mostly um, and it's unpopular opinion but in the in the money and the mission game that's what they're in it for and yeah. developing people is often one of their values it's not what they do kind of thing um, and so learning and development professionals are that, are that person that has to bridge that that two perspectives and just keeping in mind exactly like you said 
it's a people thing and we're all people and we're all looking out for each other and you know rainbows and sunshine that type of thing (laughs) and trying to to hook that into the business (laughs) in some way shape or form well and it definitely helps the business right I think that's what people sometimes forget that the more that you develop and you pour into your people, the more, actually, the longer they're going to want to stay there, but the harder they're going to work while they're there, the more, you know, the more value they're going to bring to the table, the more connected they feel to the organization that there's, there's so much to be, to be said for that too. So, you know, I think it's just the backwards way of thinking of it is like, oh, well, if they're just going to leave anyways, why pour into them? It's like, no, pour into them. So they're amazing while they're here and they give, they have great output and they're excited to be there and they're engaging and they're bringing other people into the organization. So there's, there's so many ways to look at it, but there's definitely one right way. (laughs) Uh, Yes, 100% agree. Actually, my last place of employment before I went full-time in my business was in recruitment. I was the marketing manager and you hear some interesting things about businesses who don't do that and how it turns out for them. But when you really get it right with your people placement and you really do focus on it, it's not only easier to find the right people, but it's also easier to keep them. It's a fascinating experience. And because I was so immersed in that for the time I was there, you, you get to see the contrast of it so hugely. Yeah, it really makes a big difference. So speaking speaking of industry or skills and, and really regardless of industry, what what skills do you find that emerging leaders need to develop the most? Foresight is always the one that comes to my mind the first um, and the fastest, because again, these guys are young. I mean, we don't necessarily, I say they, they're young, but we, um, we don't necessarily have the life experience that, you know, those who've been around a lot longer have and we don't necessarily see the dots or the, the dominoes that can fall down when we take a particular um, action or say a particular thing or don't take an action and don't say a thing. So helping them to develop that foresight is, is a tricky thing to do, but it really is just a skill set. It's, you know, asking powerful questions and it's um, being able to see things from a different perspective. It's a lot of creativity and a lot of strategy. And those things are actually, once you've got it down pat, quite easy to teach, especially with repetition, especially if the business is willing to really put the time and effort into um, making that part of their culture, not just something that they did one time in a training, tick the box and left. So it's it's everything that filters down from there as well. It's a really big one, actually. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear, you know, when you say foresight, that sounds so simple, but then you break it down and it's like, well, what, what goes into foresight and how, how do you actually have foresight? Well, there's all these different components. And when you think about those components, you're like, oh, those are trainable, right? It's hard, it's hard to say, let's train foresight. Well, okay. That's, that, that seems like, wait, wait a minute. How do you train that? But you know, when you think break down those components, I think it's helpful, even people listening to this, this episode who are emerging leaders and fall into that category or want to be right. Thinking about, okay, how do I gain foresight? Well, Lindsay just gave you the cheat code. So <laughs> go ahead and develop the, those skills. Um, and speaking of, speaking of development, you know, what, what are some of the biggest challenges that these new managers, these so they've emerged, right? They're they're in that new manager category now. That what are some of the biggest challenges that they face, and how can they best prepare themselves for those challenges? Yeah, it's a really interesting evolution of identity becoming a manager for the first time, and um, there's a lot of imposter syndrome that goes along with it, and. 
firstly, knowing what you're getting into from a mental and emotional area the first time you step into a management role is super imperative to being prepared uh, and knowing that you're not failing and you're not doing anything wrong because you can go, oh, hold on, I, I knew this was going to happen or I was told this was going to happen. So a little bit of self-acceptance can, be, can come into play and a little bit of self-empathy too, which does a lot for how long you can go in something. But um, being able to actually do that is really important. And it's such an interesting Everyone has a slightly different experience, but at the end of the day, the notes are the same for everybody. So making that transition from mate to manager, from being just part of the team to being suddenly in charge of the team will change your relationships and will change the way that you feel about the people in your team and who were your friends before. And it doesn't have to be for the worse. It can 100% be for the better if you're prepared going in. And again, it comes down to acceptance and knowing what you're going for and understanding the emotional journey but at the very root cause of it it is an identity shift and there's a whole heap of support that I know L&D professionals as soon as I say that they're like oh this that and the other I can train them on these skills and these competencies and give them that's what you need to do up front preparing them and then supporting them through the journey because actually I think first-time managers have some of the the least amount of training in that transition I, I saw somewhere so it's um something we can definitely do better. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you started off by saying that it's that mindset shift, right? So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times, and I see this even with my career coaching clients who, you know, for them, it's, so they want to go hundred percent, hundred percent in with strategy, right? Give me the strategy. I'll do the strategy. Give me the, give, give me the, the one, two, three, the four, five, six, the ABC, right? Like give me those steps and what they realize. And I, I, I never advertise this, but I talk about it with my coaching clients is that the it's it's mostly mindset, right? Like the strategy is actually the easy part, right? Doing the work, being the manager, you know, doing doing all the things you're supposed to be doing. That's actually the easy part. The hard yeah. part is the mindset shift and the changes and the relationship changes and the belief in yourself and you know that shift in your and your own evolution too. So I loved how you kicked that off with if you want to prepare for that prepare from the strategy perspective, but really make sure that you're prepared from a mindset shift too. Yeah, 100%. There's nothing worse than waking up one day and realizing you're a different person um, and not just when you're hungry. It's actually a really difficult experience. So knowing that's going to happen up front, preparing for it, you won't have that experience and you'll just find the whole thing a lot easier and you'll probably better your relationships off the back of it if you prepare correctly. Yeah. How how can L&D like what, what can their part be in cultivating and supporting emerging leaders from a mindset perspective and then also from that strategy perspective? Yeah, I know there's the stereotypes that we all talk about where, uh, especially with the emerging leaders demographic, where they start one day and tomorrow they want to be the CEO. That is such a symptom of um, lots of ambition, but not necessarily lots of self-confidence. Because if they had the confidence, they wouldn't be so gung-ho in that experience. It's a little bit of bravado. They wouldn't be so gung-ho about, hey, I need to be in charge of everything. And this is my idea. And my idea is the best idea ever. If they had more confidence of self, they'd actually be able to sit back and enjoy the journey a little bit more. But in school and even um, when you're entering corporate world for the first time or just business world for the first time, everything's about the destinations. Where do you want to go in the business? What university do you want to study at when you're in school? Um, where are you going to go um, when you finish? We even the- ask, we ask kids that, right? They're four what? years old. What do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what? Um, I wanted to be a meteorologist. Like, oh, <laughs> like come on. Come on. <laughs> I just said, 
I think I wanted to be a nurse in the Navy at one time because I saw an ad on TV and that was my thing yeah. for a year or two. <laughs> but you're right. It's so ingrained in our culture and so it's, it's a worldwide society of like the, the destination, the destination. I haven't even thought about that. So continue on, but it's a great point. <laughs> um, so when I was um, coaching young adults in my second business, The Secret Revolution, we did a lot of work on don't worry about the destination. Let's just look at the journey. Because at the end of the day, when you're at the other end of your life and you're looking back, you're not going to be like, I'm so glad I bossed all those people around and I had that, you know, huge exec role. You're going to remember the little moments and all the research shows us that, you know, people say on their the things they wish they did better in their life was laugh more or love more or dance more or be more vulnerable. Nobody ever says, I wish I worked harder, you know. So it's remembering that, again, we're in a people industry. We're all in a people industry. Um, every single one of us is part of that. And remembering that um, we need support as emerging leaders to be on that journey because despite the bravado, despite the stereotypes, the confidence levels are actually really down and really low. And supporting that, um, it doesn't necessarily mean, I know when I say that a lot of the time to L&D professionals, they go, oh, imposter syndrome. Actually, it doesn't necessarily mean that. It can be just a feeling of timid or a feeling of uncertainty, but not having the skill set or the life experience yet to know what to do about it to help get them out of that situation or ask the right question or even know what the right question is. So supporting the journey and not the destination uh, and everything that entails for you as an L&D professional is the the best thing you can do for emerging leaders as people but also for your business because connection levels will uh, rise and they'll be more likely to stay with your business long term if they feel understood and connected and like they're part of it as well. Yeah. It also sounds like it's something that can be so systemic inside of an organization, right? So I think about the managers of these emerging leaders and the, the mentors of them and who's coaching them, right? Uh, of be of also being trained in this, of also having this, this mentality as well to help recognize when when there is a confident, you know, a lack of confidence and how to coach them through it, guide them through it too. So I feel like L&D has an opportunity there to also make sure that they're training and coaching and, and leading the leaders. So that way they can then bring up this next generation of emerging leaders. It's so true. Actually, one of the biggest points I make in some of my um, keynotes and facilitation is that emerging leaders have to manage up at the same time as manage down because it's all well and good for a business to be like, we want the most innovative emerging leaders ever. We're going to adopt all these new things and take us to great heights and help us do loop-de-loops in the air. But if the business isn't ready to accept those people and have a place for those people, actually goes really awry and this, <laughs> it's very interesting watching that and I learned that the hard way through my own personal experience and then figured it out on the way the way down so to speak so um and then saw other people were actually doing a similar sort of thing and it wasn't just something that I was particularly bad at it's actually a really common experience so oh yeah I experienced that myself too I was brought into an organization and oh we're doing all these changes and we're bringing in all these new people and the organization wasn't ready for it yet and so all those new people all those emerging leaders came in from outside and it was like a, a, a high peak and a, a big crash down and a lot of people left at the same time because although the organization wasn't ready so then you're kind of spinning your wheels inside of it too so it's making sure that you as an organization are ready to bring on this type of talent yeah 100 percent. what a waste of energy too i mean sometimes you don't know until you give it a go but i'm just like it sounds tiring <laughs> oh it, it was exhausting it was exhausting and i mean i'm so grateful for it because 
leaving there led me to start the overnight trainer. So I, I, you know, I look back in hindsight and I'm really glad about that experience for sure. But, you know, in, in it, it was, and I I talk about this too, in some episodes around working in a toxic environment, you know, that led to a lot of that toxicity for me as well. So it's, it's just so important that when you bringing in strong talent and you have these big visions that the organization is there to back that up too. And I think learning and development has a big hand in, in that and training that and being part of that strategy too. Yes, 100%. And exactly as you said, they lead the leaders in so many ways. And if you're learning and development professionals can actually be seen as a leader within their own right, businesses will start consulting with them as opposed to telling them. And I'm sure yep. you know way more about that than I do. It's, um, it's huge. It is. It is huge. And so and I want to switch gears and talk about L&D and specifically for you, the Learning and Development Collective. So tell us what the Learning and Development Collective is. And I'd love, actually, I don't even, I don't know the answer to this question. Why did you start it in the first place? <laughs> I know what it is. I know what it is, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know why you started it in the first place. So I'd love to know personally, just for me. <laughs> yeah. So the Learning and De- um, Development Collective is a community where driven and passionate L&D professionals come together and they exchange trending topics and innovative ideas and supply for their training calendars but why I started I actually started it during COVID so um, in my other life I'm a speaker and a trainer of emerging leaders as we're still talking about Um, but that means I worked with L&D and so I was doing my rounds making the calls building them relationships and um, they were all asking me the same questions like what are other L&D professionals doing uh, in this scenario this was all during COVID so everybody felt like they were isolated and alone and um, who do you know that you connect could connect me with and what suppliers are they using and what are other people's budgets like because surely that's not just happening to me and I went oh my gosh I'm just one person I can play Chinese whispers with you or I can get you all in a room being you know forward thinking um, all in a room and you can help each other and support each other and I'll just facilitate the whole thing so I picked up the phone and I called um one of those L&D professionals and I said would you go to something like that and he said yes I will go and so two weeks later we ran the first one and the community's grown to over 300 and we've now got paid programs and all sorts of things in it which is just we've run conferences and it's in the 14 months it's been going it's been crazy crazy journey but I thoroughly enjoyed it (laughs) That's amazing. And I'd love to know your thoughts now having built a community. Uh, What role does having a strong community play into becoming an even better leader? Because I'm sure now you've seen people who've been a part of that community in your community for a while, their growth and their evolution. So what, what role do you think having a strong community to leverage plays in becoming a better leader? All the usual things, which I'm sure that you know a lot of people would say relationships and belonging and but really what it is from my perspective is if you've got good listening skills and you really do listen to your peers you'll see common threads and if you come with a server's heart so you're always looking to listen genuinely but then follow through on whatever you can bring to the table so if it is making a connection or helping them get through a challenge or whatever it is for that particular scenario you will naturally begin to build the skills which will see you become a leader because that person that you've helped will be like, oh, talking to someone, someone's helped me with this. You should definitely talk to them. And it ripple effects throughout. But without the genuine listening skills and the empathy to want to do it, so not being self-serving, being the serving of them and thinking about them and what's best for them and then following it through, the good old GSE, um, (laughs) following through with it makes a really big difference those three things if you just turned up every day and were like that with your teams at work or with your community or whatever it was you will get so much further very very quickly than you can even begin to imagine and in ways that you don't even know possible 
because it's evolving naturally. That word again, it's evolving naturally. So I love it. I feel like we need to include the word evolution in the title of this episode. We're talking about it so much. So I'll see you. See if, see if I can, I can throw that in there, but you know, it's just, it's so, you know, I see such a huge difference too, even with my own clients between ones who are part of communities and ones who are trying to do it you know, by themselves. And that was for me, a big reason why I switched to primarily having group programs. Cause I saw the success and how much faster my clients would move when they were working together, when they had those shared experiences versus when it was just them feeling like they were the only one going through something. So, and I think about it in terms of L&D and career coaching or whatever it may be, right. Like having that strong, that strong community how, how do you think L&D can, this is an off, I didn't, this is an off scripted question, um, but how do you think L&D can build stronger communities within organizations or how can they, how can they really encourage more of, you know, type, the type of things that you're doing? How, how can that be replicated inside of an organization? Yeah. Um, listening again is the first thing that they can do to find what is missing for them. And that's how the Learning Development Collective came into being. It was genuine listening and um, then connecting some dots. So obviously they were asking me for topics and suppliers and, you know, ideas and what other people are doing. And I went, well, other people know that better than me. So what are the solutions that I could put forward and which one am I actually going to choose? So that sort of mindset, again, it comes down to the foresight that we spoke about before. You don't have to have all the answers that you just got to see at least the next step and see where it goes. Uh, so having your ears on, so to speak, in the business is massive. And then just following through, actually doing it, starting small um, in sales, you know, they call it um, uh, looking after your customers' needs and client relations and predicting what they want before they, you know, starting like that and just building relationships and um, bringing, following through and then actually doing it at the same time. Kind of a roundabout answer, but I hope that made sense. <laughs> it does. It, it does. And I think I, I love how you do mention just that the, the listening piece of it, right? And really listening to what it is your employees need, what they want, what they're talking about, ask and asking the questions and then actually listening, right? That, that piece of it too, right? So, not just doing an engagement survey to do one, but to see that feedback and say, okay, how can we create community around this too? So I, I think learning through community is one of the most, the first of all, the fastest and the most like lucrative way without, you know, for lack of better words, like way to grow your own knowledge and your own skill set because you're just kind of getting hit with like, again, if you wouldn't have uh, uh, known that person, you might not have heard about that. And so you're just, you're the exposure that you have to so many different ideas and thoughts that come from community. We can, we as L&D practitioners can do a really, can replicate that even inside the organization or, encur or encourage people to join communities outside of the organization too. 100%. And it's, it's really interesting the way that that can evolve. And actually the reason listening came on my radar because in the disc chart, I am high D and I'm like, why are people asking me questions and not listening? <laughs> I don't even waffle that much. I know I do, but um, back in the days, so I'm like, how can I not be like that? And listening was the obvious answer that I came to. And it's actually been one of the best skills um, I've ever uh, come across for everything. So it's um, such a big one. And if there's one piece of gold people take away from today, put your ears on, you'll learn a lot and you'll get really far. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's the, that's the key, right? Just listening. Uh, a lot of people are so focused on the doing, 
and yeah. forget about the listening piece of it. So I, I love that. It's a great tip. And one of the things I know that you do a lot is embrace technology. So in everything that you do, you're so, you have a lot of foresight uh, when it comes to technology. Um, and you even introduced me to the metaverse. I spoke at a conference in the metaverse. I was so nervous because I had like never been in the metaverse before and you made it so fun and so easy and so engaging. But I'd love to know, where do you think the future of technology is going when it comes to how we learn, grow and connect as emerging leaders, as leaders, as learners? Where do you think that's going? It's an interesting question. And there's so many different things that come to mind. But I think at the end of the day, we're really moving into web 3.0 as a world. And at the same time, we're also moving into more hybrid and remote working scenarios being the status quo and being the way that it is. And then we end up as L&D professionals, as we all know, with this issue of how do we engage people in company culture if we're not able to get them here face to face and they can't have those incidental conversations around the water cooler and we're not feeding them and, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, but I think Web 3.0 is really going to be, because there's going to be so many different evolutions of that. That's not just the metaverse. That's not just, um, you know, the goggles. And they're already talking about contact lenses. In fact, word on the street is the goggles for the metaverse. It's never even going to really become a thing because it's too hard for users to use them and people to produce them. So that's just going to be, you know, back in the day when they had their first computer, it took up the whole room. Yeah. <laughs> this is the equivalent. So um I don't think we can really be sure 100% what the answers are, but what I definitely see is Web 3.0 and everything that entails as it evolves, that seems to be the word of the day, um, uh, every, as it evolves is going to change the way L&D professionals can engage remote workforces and it's going to also change the way that we as individuals interact with the world around us and the virtual world around us. So I don't know, I think part of my, what I would really love and also be very frightened of is if they eventually <laughs> found a way in like those cyborg mo movies where they stick the USB in your head, you know, it's the matrix and you just download yep. the skill. I know my partner and I would love that because as much as we love learning, sometimes it takes a little while, but if you can just have the knowledge, then, you know, sometimes. Magical chip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One day, terrifying, but exciting. I'm up for that. Give it a go. But other than that, I feel like Lindsay will beta test that for anyone yeah. who is uh, working on that. <laughs> you have it. You have your pilot person right here. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but other than that, I really do feel like it's going to be an incredible tool and just platform for us. But we need to embrace it a little faster than we are. I know things are always, especially in the speaking world. Um, I ran an event the other day, Professional Speakers Australia, and the other day, it was a few months ago, and it was about showing them the metaverse. We need to embrace that a lot faster as speakers in the yeah. events industry because L&D professionals are already doing it. Futurists are talking about it because L&D professionals are already doing it. Like it's, it's a day-to-day -day thing. There's room that we can do more there, but also it's just as a world, we need to pick it up a little faster because it's going to solve the issues to, that we're having today as opposed to being a futuristic thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting too, because it's one of the things when we think about how business is shifting and really it's how the world's shifting and then how business responds. And then it's how does L&D respond to that? And that's one of the the things right now where I think a lot of L&D professionals are, are working towards and figuring out that you know, this, the world is moving so fast, which means that business now is moving faster, which means that upskilling and learning and training and emerging, all of those things are happening so much faster. So, you know, it's the embracement of the technology that's really going to help us 
keep keep the speed. Um, and I think also maybe lap them, right? Like we, we can yeah. be the ones who are the ones bringing in the new technology to say, hey, here is how we keep up. Here is mm-hmm. how we can not only just keep up, but, but be the leaders and move forward too. So I think technology, the more that we can embrace it as L&D and bring that in and be that business partner we were talking about before, the more we're going to be able to help the organization keep pace or exceed pace. Yes, absolutely. And you know, you find most of those insights and people will tell you if you ask some great questions and you put your ears on in, in your business or in your community, people will tell you the fun things they tried. That is how the Learning and Development Collective ended up in a conference in the metaverse. Someone, um, one of our uh, one of our members um, from Medibank said, can we do the conference in the metaverse? And in my head, I've gone, isn't that a video game? But the outside of me went, let me see, let me figure that out for us. And so six weeks later, that's what we did. Um, when it comes to foresight, I really just wanted to highlight as well, it's not necessarily having the answers, it's being open-minded enough to go with wherever it's going to go and adaptable enough at the same time to be able to see if, for example, we have a conference in the metaverse, how is that going to benefit the community? And what do they need to know to be able to actually attend and get the lots lots out of it? Because a lot of these guys hadn't been in the metaverse before, like yourself, Sarah, when you came to facilitate yeah. us. So um, it's those sorts of questions that as L&D professionals, we can be empowering our emerging leaders with to help them have the foresight and actually see those those opportunities when they do come knocking on their door. Yeah, I love it. Evolution, foresight. <laughs> those are we're those those are what we're holding on to today. So, uh, one question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast is, what is one thing that you are personally learning right now? I actually just went through um, a course with three other coaches. Um, from Shazad called PQ Intelligence. I always get the name wrong. I'm terrible with names. Excuse my dyslexia. PQ Intelligence. We went through a seven-week training program together and it was about, um, it was very coachy. It was, it was you know, d- designed to help coaches um, become better coaches. But it was, some of it was new language to say same sort of things. So, you know, positive mindset, your negative mindset, your negative self-talk, um, your judge, your saboteurs, you know. But that language was so powerful at the same time. So I feel like a lot of the time when you're um, working with emerging leaders or just anyone in general, if you don't have the language to bridge the gap with them, like meet them where they're at, it's really, really difficult to be able to uh, get anywhere at the end of the day. We all live in our our minds, in our bodies, and it's very tricky sometimes if there's not a commonality that's obvious. So it was another language set I found to be able to add to that bow, uh, which was really valuable. So again, it was about all positive intelligence and um, building a resilient mind and a very coachy sort of life coachy type stuff. But doing it with a pod and shout out to those guys, absolutely amazing. And we're going to keep doing it even though the course finished. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I know it was like one of the, the, the things I never imagined or never really thought as a byproduct would happen of like having group courses and things like that uh, is the friendships that you make and the connection and the community that you're creating from it too. So I think just putting yourself in those situations in those group situations can be uncomfortable sometimes, but the relationships mm-hmm. that come out of it are just, you know, you, you get paid back tenfold just in the relationships 100 it's um you do make friends for life when you learn new things together and when you go through challenges together and often learning new things and challenges are the same thing in just two different languages so I love that so what are you working on right now where can people find you how can people work with you tell us all the things 
Yes. So the Learning and Development Collective, we have a Christmas party coming up, which is very exciting. Um, and we also have uh, monthly catch-ups too. So community is a great place for that. And that's where people just come and chat and on Zoom, online, from all over the world, um, on things that they're working on, things they're having trouble with, and things they're looking for support with as well. So, and often that's a great place to make connections afterwards and people be like, talk to me after this. Um, so that's one way that you can get involved. We also have a career development program in the metaverse called The Evolution, enough um so that's where um it's a smaller group and it's those that are looking to upskill and train as L&D professionals. And as opposed to your normal sort of uh, programs where we're going to run through a set schedule, um, there's a couple of points of difference. This one's in the metaverse, no metaverse skills required. Don't worry, it's nice and easy. Uh, but also we only organise the trainers that you actually need. So um, I keep in constant contact with all our members and I know where their businesses are at and they share that with me and they say, we need some help with leadership development at the moment. Um, we just had uh, someone come in and do something about fun and gamification and before that we had internal comms and influence and how to get your projects over the line and so we just organize our sessions a couple of um, months in advance based off what's really happening as opposed to a schedule okay. so that's really fun and that's nice and easy to get involved with and um, you can just go to my website for that lindsayleehobson.com and all the info is on there in the um, upcoming events section amazing and you do speaking engagements too right so talk us a little bit more about like your speaking engagements and how people can find you and get you to yeah. come speak yes yeah so uh, I do keynotes but I also do a lot of facilitation and training um I obviously work with emerging leaders so uh, in group scenarios I can do group coaching too that information's on my website and that's everyone from graduates who are you know struggling to settle in and find their place and go on that career development journey right the way through to first-time managers who are struggling with that imposter syndrome but my philosophy and ethos with everything is about developing innovative emerging leaders so sometimes that means supporting them in a transition period so they can be innovative down the track or it's about actually giving them those innovative skill sets to be able to do bigger and better things and take the business to new places. Um, one of the things we actually haven't mentioned in the Learning and Development Collective is we also organise trainers and suppliers. So even if it's not emerging leaders that you need, um, let, you can always let me know and I'll find you any topic, any person that you need is best for you and I'll help you organise it and roll out the red carpet on that front too, which was something our members wanted, which was very exciting to be able to add in. So I can do that for L&D, but I can also do that for events as well. Lindsay Lee Hobson does it all, my friends. She does it all. <laughs> well, this has been such an amazing conversation. I'm going to link to your website, to the L&D Collective, uh, to what else am I linking to? Everything that you just talked about. I'm going to link to that in the show notes here so everyone can uh, have easy access to that. Um, but I so appreciate you coming on today and sharing with us your journey. And I, I just love for people to hear, especially someone like you, who you are so multifaceted and you're able to bring all of those strengths and skills and interests that you have, bring them all together to, to have this beautiful company that you run and this beautiful business. And I'm excited to see the evolution of it <laughs> as it grows, but I appreciate you so much for coming on. I know it's not the last time I will have you on the show. I know it's definitely not the last time we'll be chatting. So thank you so much for coming on today and spending time with us. Oh, thank you so much. It's been amazing. It's been absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools, as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM, or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.